0: Okay, now this is the first in our MDS special. Ooh, is there a special theme song for it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what is a Moroccan the uh, sort of song to go with it. That
1: was pretty good. That was what was spot on, I'd say.
0: Um, it wasn't a bit racist. Uh...
1: No, I think I think just accurate.
0: Accurate, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yes, so uh, MDS Marathon des which means Well, should we
1: say hello first? Because we're, we're probably going to have a lot of listeners who've never listened to Bad Boy Running before. What? Whose friends are doing the MDS, and so they actually want to get a sense of of what's going on.
0: Okay, so um, we are we are the Bad Boy Running podcast. My name is Jody Rainsford.
1: My name is David Hellard.
0: And how we fit into this little equation is I have run the marathon des Sables. Before, um, back in 2011, and Mr. David Hellard is running it for the first time. He's actually doing it right now. Right now, oh wow! Oh, it's very much- I wonder what he's doing now. I wonder if he's having a bath.
1: Oh. Yeah, That's- my sand bath. I'm doing my sand bath. Your sand bath. That special. T- I I could talk about it now because no one else is going to get that special tactic. It's too late.
0: Yeah. Well, if you didn't, if you haven't listened to the preparing for the MDS episode, I suggest that you go back and download and listen to that because we give some tips and ideas about what exactly people who are running the Marathon de Saab are going to be experiencing. Um, but in each of these episodes, we're going to be going through each day and talking about what the competitors are likely to expect and possibly how they might be feeling at this point as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's going to be the interesting part is even on a one day ultra it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster let alone something that's so extreme for so many days
0: well that's the that's the interesting thing about the MDS is that it's not just about the distance the distance is substantial 151 miles over 6 days
1: i think it's more this year
0: is it well i i think they yeah. increase it by a couple of miles each year so yeah. so it's it's a substantial amount of distance but it's really also about the terrain and about the climactic conditions as well and the sort of temperatures that it gets up to as you'd imagine in Sahara Desert it's in the name um, make it somewhat difficult in order to uh, in order to race and of course you know that you have to carry all of your kit as well so it's self-sufficient so there's that additional challenge that you have to take into account it's not it's not just your typical running race.
1: I think especially With the kit, there is a mandatory kit list, but it's not actually that extensive. So, the the people who I I probably consider myself who are really gunning, gunning for it, trying to be as fast as possible, um, the amount of kit we take compared to some is is, there's a huge disparity. Oh, absolutely! And so it does mean that when we're out there, um, that there is very much like a luxury and pauper in the camp. Oh, I can tell.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I when I did it, I took her at pretty much everything. I, I, I decided to go in luxury. I had the five the equivalent of a five-star experience. So Didn't you go- take a
1: sherpa with
0: you? I said, well, yes, well, apparently that wasn't permitted, so I had to leave him behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I took I took a pillow. I uh, took a what's called a mat, inflatable mat to sleep on. Uh, I oh, I had a lovely time
1: but talk us through so we're we're going to intro to begin with with this is this is the build-up to day one this is even the first episode isn't going to be even the first day of the race this is taking us from the moment that everyone gets out of the train station at gatwick and sees everyone else still in their kit because they're worried about losing it on the plane that's
0: it so yeah so there there are you could basically it's a sign of who's the most neurotic and who's the most serious <laughs> so you have a, a gradation of it, so some people will be literally wearing their entire kit um well really you know the main thing you need to remember is you just really need to make, make sure you've got your shoes um, yeah. so people will be wearing different elements of kit um which uh, which is interesting, and everyone 's getting on the same flight, so the whole flight is booked out to um to m d s runners um from from the u k so everyone's everyone 's coming to one point. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, there'll be sort of that nervous energy. You'll, um, you'll clearly be checking out to see uh, whether there's... Is Danny Kendall here? Is Danny Kendall He hasn't... <laughs> <hand> <laughs> uh. Oh, he better not be here. Did I tell you the story about what happened when I was at the airport for the first time?
1: Was, was Danny Kendall scared when he saw you? No, he wasn't. I, I got stuck in a lift.
0: Oh well, getting off the train. No, I didn't go off the train. Um, but, but I was getting from the car park. Yeah. Got stuck at the lift. Broke while I was in how it. How long for? We for like half an hour, which <laughs> oh, is amazing. Which is, <laughs> an, which is enough for you to like panic. I was trying to phone them, but I didn't have any reception. Trying to. Phone were you them. by yourself? Uh, no, I was with other people.
1: Oh man, that can you imagine how how just angry you'd
0: be. I know. I was thinking. I just I only remembered it the other day after after the MDS episode we were talking about. But yeah, that was just, it just set the mood. Well, even
1: today I was, I was getting on the tube and, um, came off, was getting on the escalator and this guy cut me up and I almost went to him
0: Fuck!
1: and had a go at him. And then I thought, no, no, don't have a go at him because he might turn around and punch me, and maybe break my jaw, and I won't be able to do MDS. <laughs> so whatever happens, like I don't mind getting like a bit of argy bargy normally, but not this week. Because no, whatever happens, it could have stop me doing MDS.
0: No, it's true. It's like in the in the in the weeks going up to it, you are doing everything you can to make sure that you are uh, you don't pick up any blisters, that everything's absolutely wrong on your feet, that you don't pick up any uh, germs. If someone
1: uh, sneezes in the carriage, you look at them and then you walk no. down the other end of the carriage, like, just stay clear.
0: Absolutely. You don't want anything to go wrong with your tummy at this point. This is you need to be in the most perfect condition you possibly can be. i tell you, you what, Jodie,
1: it. it's the first time I've used condoms in years. It's a revelation. It's a revelation. <laughs> You've got to be safe this week. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You have just joined us this is the tone that pretty much <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm going to the desert and <laughs> JD like, stay here. Yeah. yeah this is not even going to the desert for the mds it's just this is, the, <laughs> this is the reason we're packaging it up and sending it so so yeah so you get on the flight and everything and it's um it's all but when,
1: when before you get on the flight because what i'm interested in i mean I, i've got quite a i'm quite invested in trying to be the first brit but there must be an element of like first day at school when you get there and you're looking at what everyone else's kit is, you're looking, you're you're, you're saying, you know, how, what was your training? How far I, have you trained? I
0: tell you what, this, it's your peacocking, isn't it? The new, it's like the it depends on what sort of person you are. Like. The neurosis continues from that point all the way up to when you actually have to hand your kit in. You're you're worried that what you've got isn't right because no, invariably everyone's got something completely different to you. Every everyone yeah. seems to have a completely different kit and you're constantly questioning whether you'd... Of course, you can't do anything about it. It's not as if you yeah. can go, oh, well, I need to get different gaiters or something like that, but you're constantly questioning this thing, and that happens right up to the point that you basically hand your kit over.
1: Um, well, e- even now, that so there's a, there's a Facebook group where the vast majority of the UK runners are all in it for this year, and I've um, I've been checking everything each day just to see any tips, see if I miss anything, and at the moment, someone is talking about this... this uh, extra certificate you have to have printed out and signed by the passport office now it's clearly bollocks but (laughs) everyone else has has started wading in as if it's true and so the panic of these poor people who are there going what wait where is this form i've not got my emails how do i do this and then say and someone's going oh it's fine it only took me five days to get cleared you send it off knowing that it's obviously less than five days now and it's just that panic where because they're the, the French are pretty anal when it comes to to rules for the sake of rules. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: It could one fine cost you two hours.
0: the The interesting thing about the uh, French organisation is that there's a lot of administration, uh, none of which actually matters or means anything. So you they will make you jump through hoops to absolutely no effect whatsoever. I think the the company that was running it from the UK has changed now, um, mm. and their information they used to give was so basic. I mean, like, you know, you really would... It was like you were, it was like you were taking a leap of faith, you know. And they'd say, oh, yeah, you need to pay us as a security deposit and, you know, you'd randomly pay a load of money and, like, you know, a couple of hundred quid into their account. You didn't get a receipt for it or anything. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> it, it, was, it was literally, you know, you were, like, just putting your life in their hands and, you know, um, so... But
1: there's, there's, there's instructions where if you, if you don't have the mandatory quit kit, you get fined 200 euros on the spot it costs you two hours in a time but there's it just says you need to take tropical disinfectants
0: i've no idea what tropical <laughs> disinfectant is it, 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 no, no no, no, no I, I remember this now i remember all that. there's loads of stuff that you just people constantly question it and what will happen <laughs> is this i mean it all becomes apparent when you actually get into the desert yeah um, and you think oh it's a bit late then but right, so imagine like right, you're on the plane and everything you know everyone's still pretty excited about yeah. about going there i think it's a monarch flight that goes out there to to wazazat and then you'll get off the flight <laughs> to wazazat, wazazat. I like um, that. and then you'll get off uh, you'll get off at wazazat and then that's when the heat first hits you yeah um and you realize it's quite a dry heat so actually it, it's not too bad um and then there's the total chaos of, uh, of the like passport control stuff. And then you eventually, you go to, you go to the hotels and stuff where the first, that's the first issue is, um, at the hotel, you so we're hotel
1: first night, are we? Uh,
0: yeah. As I remember, it was hotel first night okay. and you, um, it helps if you've paired with someone already. Okay. So when you get the thing, um, so yes, yeah, so you spend the night in the hotel, and then you eventually get on the buses next day and go out to the desert. And so you get the buses, and I don't, I don't know what the what the the procedure is because yeah, you know, start- I think
1: we might be straight on the buses. Really, I think we're two nights in the desert before the race. Yeah.
0: Oh okay, so you might be straight on the okay. So you go into the desert, and this is the it, it, the thing about the course that it differs each year. I mean, yeah. it, it generally is the same, but. It alternates in different years as to yeah where sort of the start and finish and everything. So you get (laughs) this is brilliant. So this is all done in conjunction with the Moroccan army. And you think, Mm. well, why? What's the Moroccan army got to do with this? So the mighty force, the the Moroccan army. army. So yeah. So you get you get the buses into the desert, and again you're thinking, oh yeah, this is you're going a long way into the desert and everything. And then you get off the buses, and then you get onto trucks. (laughs) <laughs> and that's when that's when it all starts to fall apart a bit. because you course because these... the buses can't get there can they no because we're going to go across the sand and everything yeah so you get on these trucks and I recall this being one of the most dangerous experiences was, <laughs> it was it was as though you were, you know you see like pictures of like refugees going into uh, you know trying to get into Turkey and stuff like mm. that. It's like that. There's like there's more, too many people hanging off the side of these trucks going into the <laughs> desert. People could fall off any anywhere. Is it they like can. an Indian train? It is. It is. And so you know, people all over the place. And so eventually, you end up in the in the bivouac for the first night. Yeah. And that's um, you'll hopefully you already have had your um, your tent number assigned, and you'll know. Well, no, we.
1: Well, someone's told me that because it, it's tents of eight and. Yep. I've, got a, I've met a few guys from the races we've been building up to this, so, we, but we don't have an eight. I think there's six of us at the moment, or five of us. Yeah. My other friend said that you want to get your quickest runner to, um, when you get off the buses, it's a free-for-all for the, for the tents. So you want to get your quick, quickest runner to leg it and get the first 10 he can. Uh, But the trouble is that everyone else is in small groups as well of three, four, sixes. And so everyone's going there assuming they're going to be with their mates. But inevitably, if you've got five sixes, you need to make eights instead. And so groups then have to get torn apart or you have to try and get two people from one group and um, one from another and, and it actually becomes quite like, almost like a game of Tetris no, to, to it, it'll,
0: it'll be fine because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of triathletes who go and they haven't got any friends that's true. That's true. So, so you'll be absolutely fine with that. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a best position to have because all the, uh, in the within the bivouac, you have to go into the British tents because the, it's all split yeah. up. You know, it's okay. all it's all about unity, but then it's all split <laughs> up by, nat- by nationality. Some that reason. is because the tent has to be all British. Yes, it's it so weird. Yeah, why do they do that? Um, the, I think it's for administrative purposes because each of the different uh, nationalities they got a different organizer for them so there'll be a different tour group or or whatever and so it's much easier it's much easier if something goes wrong for everyone to be in the same sort of area rather than all split up okay so it's for administration purposes
1: and and there's because there's three layers aren't there like an onion of tents from from what i've seen the pictures is there a better layer to be in
0: i we always went in the one on the inside okay we thought that was better I don't really think it makes much of a difference. You're, you're, they're, they're pretty open tents anyway. You, you realise mm. just how exposed they are. They're so basic. Um, it doesn't really make much of a difference. But, um, but basically, yeah, once you, get into, once you get into camp, then you are looked after by um, Darbarood, the, um, the French organisation that runs it. And so they will, they'll provide the meals and stuff up until the, um, the first morning. Um, and, and what are the meals like? Um if you're vegetarian you're fucked so you <laughs> you've got to bring your own food. They basically, they basically bring everything from France. Yeah. Um eggs, everything. So you'll yeah, you know, you'll eat quite well. Um but yeah. if you're vegetarian you just you you know. I think I had some I I had some rice or something. Um but fortunately I I predicted this. And so you've got the you've got a, if you've got two nights there you've got one night to sort of acclimatize um yeah. to the heat of it and stuff. And it's great because it's I mean it's really lovely, you know. Been in the camp that first night and, um, you know, with the sunset and, you know, getting used to it and stuff like that.
1: Are there roaring fires anywhere or anything like that? Is there a camp sing song?
0: No, no, there isn't. Um, I think some of the French do try and make some fires and stuff, um, but not not really. Um, It might, you know, it might, it might, there's an opportunity there, I think.
1: Was Um, there a tuck shop or a a bar for the first (laughs) evening? No,
0: no. Ah, no, no, that's not
1: quite. and do people tend to kind of just wander around mixing with everyone? Do the na- nationalities all meld together, or initially,
0: sh- I, initially not? The, the thing is, there is a, it's very strange because you have invariably, and I don't know if the mix has changed. Invariably, you have a lot of military or mm. ex-military doing it, and so they mm. naturally there's a lot of like chat between them and stuff, um, and yeah, you know, people are still sort of sizing each other up. The groups, you know, it, it it isn't until like the next few days that it really starts becoming much much closer. Um, mm. The people are still sort of strangers and everything at that stage, um, but okay. there is there is there is quite a bit of interaction. The organisers they try to um, like inspire the community thing. When you at the start of each day, which I'll talk about when we talk about you know um, stage one, but um, at the start of each day they they do an announcements and stuff, and those become really important to the whole mm. race. Um, because that's when you sort of start to feel like the real camaraderie and everything that goes with it. And that's really, I think, you know, that's what I remember, like the best times I think about the people in the tent. I think about those starts of the races and, and stuff like that.
1: I've heard they're incredibly long, though. Not really. Okay.
0: Not really. Not compared to some of the like, other races I've been to, where yeah. they've got to do it in like three different languages before you set off, you know. This are all done in um, in French, so... <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Essential things to remember. All in French. No, <laughs> so some stuff. Some stuff in English as well. So it's it's, it's, it's really fine. But yeah, so everything's everyone's everyone's like repacking kit. Everyone's you know everyone's like a happy mood, and it's it's really nice. You know, that, those first things. Everyone's a bit nervous, of course, because the next day you are going to be getting up, and you are going to have to hand your bags over
1: and what percentage of people have a oh bugger moment where i mean how many people would you estimate have forgotten something major or something breaks or something goes wrong
0: um, i think i think probably quite a few do um, or people have lost stuff on in transit or left stuff at the, the hotel and everything but there's yeah. always they always sort it out there's always mm. people have brought enough stuff with them because everyone's got their bags with them still they haven't yeah. um, they haven't like handed it in enough stuff to be able to pull things together and people beg steal and borrow absolutely spares. there's not, you know it's not there's nothing that um I guess, that, the, uh, you know on, on the in the sort of the checkup day before what they'll do is they go that's when they go through your kit um yeah and like i said like in the proof thing not not particularly thoroughly i have to say mm. i imagine I imagine if you are racing to win it and it's clear you're racing to win it then they do check yours much more thoroughly yeah. um if you're taking hardly any kit uh, me i was taking you know a rucksack the size of well me and so it was clear that i I'd, I'd, I'd got enough food and everything um yeah. but yeah with the ecg they you know they barely check that but you you go through all those things and they they you know sort of like check on all that um yeah. and that's it and so you know and then you it comes to the point where you're going to have to hand the bag in and that's when that's when shit gets real
1: so the you're handing in the bag that you're going to race with you're not handing in everything except what you're going to race with
0: well no, when I, you go through that you, you after the checkup you hand yeah. in everything apart from what you race with what you've got for the next okay, okay. six okay
1: so you so, so so actually you should take loads of food for that evening and the morning
0: yeah just take loads of take loads of stuff to have in your bag and then um i can't remember whether they take it the day before and then you sleep in the night with just with your bag i can't remember
1: because they they must they must leave you with it surely or else what would you do with your sleeping bag and your your toothbrush and that you you need both days eh? you You
0: need before and
1: during so So you just
0: have that with you won't you
1: Oh yeah, so, so they they take everything else away and leave you with your, your yeah. bare minimum. Okay. Yeah, with,
0: with with what you're going to have for the for the rest of the okay. the rest of the thing.
1: And, and do the calorie counts start from there, or is their calorie count in the morning? I'm not sure. Actually, I don't. It's not.
0: I don't understand how they even monitor it. Yeah, I don't understand how they monitor it.
1: Because I've been incredibly tactical on my food.
0: I think um. you. I think you've covered it. Pretty well. So, um, so yeah, so that's it. And so you're, you know, you are And that night before you're, um, pretty much ready and waiting for the next day to start. And then and, and when do
1: messages start coming through then? Would people have them before the race no. the night before? No. Or? Okay.
0: No, no, it won't open. It won't, it won't start until the race starts. Okay. And even so then, even then it, t- it took like a couple of days from to start coming through. So
1: you're, 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 you're isolated for that first section. And, and how does, are people nervous? Are they excited? Is, is it, has it sunk home yet?
0: It's, a, it's just, it's one of those, it's like, uh, you know, like before a marathon or something it's like yeah. that, but there's something about it. Cause it's quite, it's just, I think it's quite magical. Um, yeah. the, the setting you're in, is so beautiful and you're away and it feels like a bit of a holiday, but you're also a bit nervous about the run as well. You don't yeah. know what to expect because you, know, you, I mean, you, you've just come into these conditions and you really don't know what to expect. You yeah. have no idea, and ev you're sitting. I mean, you'll be noticing other people walking around, thinking, "You eh, look, it looks like it can be competitive," or yeah, you know, and you'll be you'll be able to get a good measure of them very quickly. Yeah, um, you know, from what they say and stuff like that. There'll be there'll be a lot of chat, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of injury chat. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you know, I was hoping I was hoping to be fastest Brit, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm carrying this injury still and all this sort of stuff. That's from, I'm fully expecting that from you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no. My ankle,
1: well, there's, there's a guy. Have you heard about Gavin? Uh, what's Gavin's surname? He's, at the moment, doing the MDS. And he's going to finish one MDS and then start the proper MDS once he's finished it. So he's going for the double.
0: Oh, I've heard loads of people talk about doing something like that. I've had loads I of think... people talk about doing something like that. So uh, someone's actually done it.
1: Yeah, a guy called, I think it's Gavin Sandford. He's, a, he's an obstacle racer as well um i i think it's suicidal because just having even the support on the first day i mean the first the first not first day but the first attempt of that mds without all of the tents laid out without all of the experience of the mds organizers and even if you've got friends in in a car it's just going to be so demoralising
0: well that's what that's how it started didn't it old um, Patrick yeah. Bauer walking across it with his um, brother following him in a 2CV <laughs> yeah it was a 2CV yeah. <laughs> brilliant 2CV <Two> quality <laughs> did they show you any video of that at the uh, at the MDS day they might have I got there late so they may have done it. I haven't seen though, Yeah. I mean, oh that's,
1: that's class that's
0: class. did the very first MDS was him just walking across the Sahara uh, and his brother following in a 2CV <laughs> oh wow!
1: But in, interesting enough, um, one of my friends, Claire, who uh, she's with Heyside Running Club. Well, she was, and she she ran it two years in a row because uh, she did very well last year. I think she was top hundred overall and top five females. Oh yeah. But the year before, she she trained really hard, but she said that because she hadn't actually thought mentally about food, drink the two days before, yeah. that actually by the time she started the race, she was already ruined. She was dehydrated, yeah. She's undernourished, and she said the whole of the race um, was horrific because she started off in a
0: bad position. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not just about running the race. It's taking into account all of the factors involved in it right from the start, and that's why the, this preparation is so much. I think people... It, Yeah, I mean, like you underestimate, like going, people forget how strong their preparation is for races until, of course, you're in a situation whereby you are forced to do stuff that you wouldn't normally do before a race, you know, and that's it. And if you, you know, it it depends, before I did the MDS, I did loads of multi-day races. So I knew what I needed to do two days before a multi-day race I knew yeah you know, and so it was very easy for me to switch into like prep mode yes yeah, it bivouac life um you yeah. know knowing what to do getting ready to make sure that everything's okay for the next day you're thinking you know two or three days ahead um if yeah. you if you haven't had that experience then I can I can see how it completely unravel your entire your entire race
1: yeah because I'm going to take all of my carb loading food assuming that i'm getting no food out there
0: because yeah that's what you have to assume you have to assume you're not going to have anything and just take everything that you need to make sure that those first couple of days you have everything on you even you know on the plane over there
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i think that would be my the the one thing that would be very easy to not notice is just getting massively dehydrated before you even start because the amount you need to be drinking even if you're doing nothing in 40 degree heat If you're exposed, which you will be, we're standing in queues for things. Yeah. Um, If you're not drinking six litres of water during that day, you're going to be depleted.
0: Yeah. And you're not putting your electrolytes in the water. If you're not, you know, if you're just drinking straight up water, you know, it's just there's so many things to to think about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So have you got any advice then on the, obviously everyone's going to be out there by now, but for, for people listening next year, Um, advice for me now on on that that first preparation the build-up before the race so
0: um plan out so have enough um food and everything to control what you what your intake is and control your situation as much as possible up to the point where you're going to leave your your stuff you can take quite a lot i mean there were some people who had full blow-up beds to make sure that they had two nights of good sleep the night i've got a light day with me Uh, yeah absolutely so just do everything you can to make the rest of the thing those two days are People, I think, write them off, like you say. They're really important. Because the last thing you want to do... I mean, like, the when you go to the the, the, the Bivouac, where they make all the stuff for you, you know, they're, they're making things with eggs and all this other stuff. I'm like, I would never have eggs, like, two days before, the day before... I was running just in case, just in case. Especially not
1: 40 degree eggs.
0: Absolutely. You know, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. So just control try and control that as much as possible as you would control the um, circumstances before a race that mattered to you anyway. And
1: I'm I'm, I'm also seeing it as an opportunity to practice uh, my equipment because there's a lot of question marks I've got. I don't know if I'm going to take a pillow. I don't know if I'm going to take a mat. I don't know if I'm going to take a second layer, if I'm just going to have one layer for the whole of the time, day and night. Um, and I, I see the, the, these first two nights as an opportunity to test sleeping without a, a second layer. Oh, without so are,
0: you'll see, you're, that's it, you're testing stuff, aren't you? So you're, you're yeah. actually giving up, a, you're possibly giving up a full night's sleep. In order to test whether you yeah. will get sleep or not, so that's that. I mean, that's that's different. You know, you, you just don't know. You just don't and know. I,
1: and and I've got this this theory that because um, Tom, you know, Tom Jordan. I was talking to him. Uh, we're out out for my friend Lexi's birthday last weekend. He was saying, "Don't take, don't worry about a mat. The sand's soft, and um, even if it isn't, you can get the rock and just dig it all up and almost." break down the sand that you're going to be lying on into lovely broken sand that you can actually just nuzzle into I mean, is that true
0: um, I thought that the ground uh, sometimes you're, the thing is the terrain is t- totally different sometimes the terrain it was sandy and so that made sense and sometimes yeah. it, but then sometimes it was really hard like yeah. there was no it was there, there was no way that you'd be able to break anything up there's nothing to break up it's just hard it's, it's okay solid ground so
1: so you but, wouldn't be able to just kind of
0: it was difficult it's difficult to know because the terrain will change yeah. you'll get you'll you'll go you'll be in different places from where they went last year um yeah the will be in different places so it's okay. again it's just it's, it's one of those one of those risks isn't it yeah yeah
1: yeah so great well i think that's a good intro to the mds we're going to be as we just as we said earlier just going through each day what will be happening what emotions people are going through so that if you're listening at home and you you've got no way of hearing back from your your loved ones it's a good opportunity for you to to really empathize with how they're feeling and then write notes and messages direct them uh, to directly contact them through the the mds web page and, and give them the kind of support that they probably need at that time to, to give you an understanding of, of of how they're feeling so um thanks for listening to the first mds what are we calling this MDS special. MDS specials. Marathon de specials. <laughs> yes. Perfect. So we'll, uh, we'll see you at the next one. And uh, if you've got any questions, in fact, we're not going to be able to answer them because we've recorded all this in <laughs> advance that I'm already out there running. But get on the Facebook group and just give us any of your feedback, any of your tips, because no doubt we'll be doing this again next year when Pete from Mudstacle will be running it as well. And he'll have a slightly different take on what he's he's going to be going through. And so it'll be really useful to then be able to feed back all the information we garnered in this week for him next year. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye.